Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. This evening, um, I want to start by reading something um, to you. If you have your Bibles, if you can just turn to Matthew. Matthew chapter 13, and I won't be preaching from this, but I thought it would be good to set a tone with this. Let me share something about this little passage here, and then we will pray, and then we will get into uh, this evening uh, what we have for you. Matthew chapter 13, verse 10 onwards. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Now, if you know your Bibles, this is the part where Jesus would have uh, spoken a parable of the sower of the soils, and this will be very familiar to many of us who uh, are, are familiar within the church. And verse 11, he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And therefore, I speak in parables because um, seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in verse 14, he quotes a prophecy in Isaiah, speaking exactly the same things. But in verse 16, then he says, Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and for ears, for they hear. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. This is a beautiful passage, and I love to start always with this, because there's one verse in verse 11 that Jesus speaks about the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And it, in, if you read this at a glance, it almost seems as if Jesus keeps these mysteries for a few people, and for the rest of the people, he says, no, it's not for them to understand it. But if you understand the whole context of what Jesus is saying, it's not really Jesus is separating, I will tell you and I will not tell you, but he's really saying the condition of heart is so important. And he wants to reveal the mysteries of the kingdom, and I believe that the kingdom of God is available to every person. Everyone, everyone, no one is excluded in this. But the question is, would our hearts be ready to see and to receive and enter into everything the kingdom of God has for us? And I, I, I pray that your hearts are ready because I ministered in different churches and I speak in different places. And we know that this, it's one thing to be in a church, to be doing the church things. It's totally another to be living for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And it's sad sometimes when I see Christians, they will hear and they will not hear. They will see and they will not see. And they will, they will know all the things about the Bible and yet miss the king and his kingdom. My prayer for you and my prayer for Guam is that, man, we never miss anything God has for us. And I'm excited to be here with you because we're going to be talking about entering into your destiny. In our Keeper's Awakening language, we call it knowing and fulfilling your God-given kingdom assignments. And I believe every person here, God will have something for you. And will you join me? I want to pray for our hearts because the Lord says this, that whoever has uh, even more, he will have abundance. And it says in verse 16, blessed are your eyes for they see and their ears for they hear. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you, Lord. We stand in your presence, not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is. 
And we thank you, Lord, that the King has come to show us His kingdom. He's given us the good news of the kingdom, and we want to have every bit of it, O Lord. I thank you for hearts that have been made ready by you, O Lord. Good soil, O God. Nothing that will distract them tonight. Nothing that will distract them tomorrow even, O God. And nothing that will ever take anything away even after this weekend, Lord. And they're going to yield fruit, Lord. Multiple fold, 30, 60, even 100 fold. And Father, I thank you, Lord. I'm humble, Lord. Thank you for this privilege to stand before your people. Will you be with me, Lord, so that I'll speak your word boldly, clearly, graciously, lovingly, Lord, but accurately, Lord. And I thank you. Will you let your word go forth and not return to you void? Be with us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This evening, I'm going to give you a very quick introduction. We're in this whole seminar entitled, Enter Your Destiny, or Enter Into Your Destiny. And you have three little words down there, which we'll unpack a little bit more along the way. And the three words are awake and the line assigned. But this uh, evening, the title for this, uh, tonight's message for you is Another Awakening. And the subtitle is, Who is Archippus? You know, many times when I'm introduced and I'm, uh, they are, they are told that I belong to this ministry, I'm the founder of Archippus Awakening, uh, it's a good conversation starter. They will ask me, what is this Archippus? Uh, who is this Archippus? Archippus. Archippus. Akipus, whatever, you know, and uh, I, I, there was one, there's a pastor in, in, in Singapore, he still can't get this correct, I think by now he's, still, he's got it right, but each time he meets with me, he calls it the um, Ag- Agrippa Awakening, and if you know Agrippa Awakening, we don't want to awaken the Agrippa, <laughs> we want to awaken Akipus, amen, and some of you might even be wondering, who is this person called Archippus, and I want to do my very best to introduce this person to you so that this will lay a good foundation for what we will cover um, for the rest of tomorrow. I was pastoring in a local church, and by the time of my pastoring, I had already done about eight to nine years of being in the full-time ministry. Pastor Mark shared with you that prior to that, I spent some time in the advertising industry, 14 years to be exact, and then later on answered the Lord's invitation to drop everything and to go into the work of full-time. Went to Bible school for three years. Later on, I had the opportunity to design a program for a, a, a school of ministry, and it went fairly well. After that, I was invited to be one of the pastors for a new church plant, and After about four years, I found myself in a position where I was running men's ministry. I was doing um, children's ministry, overseeing it. I was also tasked to look after the youth ministry. You know how? It's a new church. You get to do everything. Anyone been there? Yeah, you've got to just pull everything together. And all this I was doing, I was running also the small groups and the discipleship groups. I had to visit the different churches or different uh, groups at different meetings at different times. And at the same time with these pastoral duties, I was still running the school of ministry, dean of the school of ministry, running two programs. One was certificate, one was diploma, and above all this, one wife and seven children. After the first year of being a pastor, um, by the Lord's grace, I was ordained, and I ordained just means you carry this big title called reverend. And after that, I was, uh, at the same time, I was promoted to be the deputy senior pastor. 
And that just simply means this, if I don't mess up, I will be senior pastor soon, one day. I'm giving you this background because if, if, I, if I share, as I share this resume with you, my credentials with you, anyone from the outside or even in the work of the ministry, they'll look at me and they'll say, wow, you know, your, your spiritual career, your ministry career seems to be doing good. You, you should, I, I think you're right in the center of God's will. Amen to that. And, you know, if, if all things go well and you really do not mess up, then you will become a senior pastor. You're doing good. The favor of God is upon you. And, well, I, I, I suppose if you look at what's happening around, yeah, that's true. I probably would be able to say amen to that. But there was one funny thing. Somehow, one day, uh, it, I just woke up, and there was this frustration that was just within me. It was weird. I couldn't explain it. If you want to make it sound a little bit more spiritual, Bill Hybels called it the holy discontent. <laughs> a holy discontent where, you know, you seem to be doing everything that is correct. You're not doing anything that seems to be wrong. You're, I'm not sitting in my life. And yet... And yet, I was doing everything in the ministry, and yet something did not click. Something was not connecting. I don't know if you identify with me in this. Um, and it's just not connecting. All I can explain is that there was this holy frustration, and there was one thing I was saying to the Lord. Lord, is this what church is all about? Is it just about doing just cell groups and men's ministry? I'm running here. I'm, I'm, I'm running there. Uh, and I mean, it's good. I, I enjoy most of it. But is this all church is? Surely, you know, I, I, I did not leave my career, my job, just to be running something like that and having this kind of a frustration. I found myself asking one or two questions, one of two questions, and I call it a dangerous question. Lord, am I where you want me to be? How many of you know that's a dangerous question? Am I where you want me to be? Uh, am I doing what you want me to do? I don't want to be senior pastor just because, you know, I'm just going with the flow and I'm... Yeah, I don't want just to be that. If I'm going to be senior pastor, then would you just say yes, and I will stay to do what you want me to do, and I'll suffer for Jesus here. Pray for your senior pastor. It's not easy. I've got many friends who are senior pastors, and I, I hear those stories, and I say, oh, Lord, help us. And so I said, Lord, if you say yes, then I'll, I, I will be that senior pastor, and I'll suffer for you. But if you say no, then I, I, I will do whatever you would want me to do but I just want to fulfill what you have given over to me. On hindsight, as I look back, it would be about two years of praying, of fasting, of seeking Him while I was still running all these things. One day, about five years ago, today is the 5th of October. Today is, I, I, oh, I, I'm just realizing that today is the 5th of October. It's crazy. Five years ago, a couple of weeks before this 5th of October, the Lord gave a very simple instruction. I beg your pardon, no. Two days ago, it wasn't a couple of weeks, I'm mixing my dates up. Two or three days ago, on the 2nd or 3rd of October, my wife steps into the bedroom and she says, Yeah, I just read something while I'm waiting for our daughter to see um, the doctor, and I believe this is for you. And she quoted from Joshua chapter 3, verse 4. You can look it up on your own. But simply, she says, I think the Lord is saying to us, Drop everything, He's got something else for us. I read that verse in my my spirit bore witness to what she shared with me. And it was simply time to cross out, cross over. And here comes a scary bit. Where you're going, you haven't been before. And you know, as a Singaporean, we are, I don't know if you, you've heard about Singaporeans. There's a local uh, phrase that we put upon ourselves. We are very careful people. Um, yeah, we call it kiasu. Everyone say kiasu. 
That means we are scared to lose. We are very careful people. Meaning to say also that if you tell me something, I need to confirm it like a hundred times before I move. And that goes the same when we are praying to the Lord. And if the Lord says this, we say confirm. And he says yes, we say double confirm. And she says yes three times, Lord, you know. I tell you that word that morning was so strong. In three days, I was in my senior pastor's office. And I spoke to my pastor. I said, Pastor, I'm sorry. The Lord has said this to me. He says to drop everything, now come out. He looked at me and he said, okay, if you say this is what the Lord has said, what are you going to be doing? I looked at him and I smiled sheepishly and I said, I don't know. <laughs> and he said, but you said the Lord asked you to step out. Surely if he had asked you to step out, then he would have told you what to do. And I said, yes, pastor, but with due respect, you and I preach sometimes when the Lord asks you to do something, he wants to see obedience before he tells you what he wants you to do. And then he kept very quiet and said, yeah, that's true. He said, but you remember you do have seven children. I said, how can I forget? <laughs> and I said, I know, pastor, you love me. You know, if I had made a mistake, you know, I, I believe the door will be open. I can come back, right? And of course, he said, yes. After that situation, I went back to the Lord and I said, Lord, I, I've, I've tendered my resignation, although there was no letter for me to, to hand in. I said, you must tell me now what I'm going to be doing. At that point in time, silence. And I learned one thing. If you're unclear about what's up ahead, always look back and check your bearings. Because up ahead, it might be unclear, but where you came from, would be much clearer for you. And with the wisdom of hindsight, perhaps the Lord will start to give you some foresight. And so I went back to the book of Jeremiah. Ten years prior, as I left the work of the business, I went to Jeremiah chapter 1. And Jeremiah chapter 1 was very special to me. So I went back to that point, and I started to read it again. Chapter 1, um, verses 7, 8, and 9, and 10. And you know, the Lord says to Jeremiah, don't worry, I'm going to be with you. Whatever I say to you, uh, what I command you, you will speak, and so on. And so I say, okay, thank you, Lord. You, know, you spoke this 10 years ago. 10 years later, I'm drawing strength from this once more. But after verse 10, I didn't stop there. I continued to read in verse 11. And I'm showing you a picture here of something that would give you a better idea of what verse 11 says. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? I love this phrase today. What do you see? You know, God is always asking us this question. My son, what do you see? He's always showing us things. It's not that he's not showing, it's not whether we are seeing. Jeremiah, what do you see? And he said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. When I read it, I was so encouraged because God was saying to this young prophet, you know, whatever I tell you to do, you do it. I will watch over it. I will perform it. Whatever you, I tell you to say, you say it. I'm the one that's going to bring it to pass. So no pressure. I'm doing the heavy lifting. You just do what I tell you to do. I said, thank you, Lord. What an assurance. But there's still a problem. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm a Bible teacher, and I tell students, you've got to read things in context, you know. So I, I, started, I, I started to get into this verse a little bit more. I did a bit more research, and I saw and I found that the, this almond tree, the word almond and the word watch had the same root in the Hebrew. And the Hebrew 
it's, it really contains a word that means to be awake. And the almond tree actually has this nickname. It's called the awake tree. It was a beautiful and interesting discovery. In Israel, when winter comes to an end and spring is about to come, um, the almond tree will be the very first tree that will blossom, that will come alive, that will come awake, while the other trees would, so to speak, remain in slumber. Now, when I made this discovery, something just clicked within me, and the Lord spoke this, and I, I, it was so clear for me. I, I heard this, and the Lord said, Son, I'm about to do another awakening, and I want you to be a part of this. I'm about to do another awakening because the church is asleep. The church is in slumber, and I want to do another awakening. Now, each time I declare this in any church, I must be quick to qualify. I'm not talking about life in the sun, church. I'm not talking about your church, but you know the church belongs, means the body of Christ, amen? And if we are the body of Christ, and if the Lord says, I want to awaken every person in the body of Christ, that's me, and that's you, the church needs to wake up. And God is saying, I want to do this another awakening, and I would like you to be a part of it. I say, yes, Lord. I mean, I've been ministry not very long, but it doesn't take you long to realize that not everyone is awake. And yet I, I, I have one more question. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a problem kid to the Lord. I ask a lot of questions. I say, Lord, if you would permit me with reverence, with humility. You know, I've spoken at camps. I've done retreats. I've spoken at seminars. Can I just say something? Waking them up, it's not the problem. Keeping them awake. Keeping them awake is the problem. I don't know about you here, but in Singapore, we've got so many conferences and so many seminars, and we've got church camps and church camps and church camps. And as we go for these things, there's such a high in that because I believe there's a corporate anointing when the people come of God come together. And God is always waiting to visit His people and be with His people, and He's ready to give us an experience that would draw us even closer to Him. But the problem is not at that place because God is always there. But when they're awakened after that and when they go back, everything goes back to the same. And we find people going up after for conference, after conference, seminar, after seminar, camp, after camp, just for that spiritual high, if I let me say that. And I say, Lord, I, 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 I've done that. I'm thankful for that. I know it's your anointing. I know you're the one doing the one. You've given me that privilege of, of just serving your people. But can I know a little bit more? What is this awakening all about? What is this? What are they being awakened to? Because if the people don't know what they're awakened to, it is a matter of time before they fall back asleep again. I came across this comic strip. Anyone know Garfield? I love this one. Garfield says, okay, there's a reason for everything. <laughs> now, why did I wake up? You know some Christians like that? We are alive in Christ, man. We have been awakened spiritually by the Spirit of Christ, amen? And I, it pains my heart, it breaks my heart to still see people who are supposed to be alive and awakened in Christ in slumber. The Lord doesn't answer me again. It will take another about two weeks. And God answers according to His own timeline. Sometimes I think He wants us to be a little bit more desperate, and as we pray and we press and say, Lord, I need to know what awakening this is. I don't want another Christian buzzword. Are you following? 
I don't want another Christian jargon thing where we, we go out there and we stir the crowd. I, I've had enough of that, Lord. You've got to give me more than just this one word called awakening. That morning, two weeks later, 27th of October, I was reading about Colossians. Somehow for the entire year, this was the Lord's instruction to me. He said, son, read Colossians. When you have nothing to do, just read Colossians. I said, I'm tired of reading Colossians, Lord. He said, I didn't ask you whether you were tired. Just read. <laughs> Thankfully, he said, Colossians, four chapters. You finish in 15 minutes. He didn't say Genesis 50. <laughs> and so that morning, I was having my coffee just before service. Nothing else better to do. I opened up my Bible and I read Colossians for I don't know how many times now. And so I know this passage well. I know the verses well. But when I got to the second last verse, that one section right at the end where we, we hardly read, who reads the ends of, uh, end of epistles? Right? Usually by the time we come to that, we skim it. But that morning, as I, I don't know why, I was just reading. And when I came to verse 17 of chapter 4, this verse spoke so loudly and clearly to me. And say to our keepers, Say to our keepers, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Say to our keepers, take heed. Come on, see to it. Pay attention. Look out for this thing. Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, not by anyone else, not in any other place, in the Lord that you may fulfill it. God doesn't have to speak many words. Just suddenly that split second, I said, Lord, I know what awakening this is. Firstly, I know who I have to awaken. This guy's name is Archippus. And I have to go awaken Archippus. And there's one thing I need to say to Archippus when I shake this guy out of slumber and say, Yo, bro, will you make sure you know what God has asked you to do? Go do it. Come on, get up, get up. You've got things to do. God has something for you to do. Will you go do it? And if you don't know what it is, will you find out what it is? Will you make it your preoccupation to know it until you fulfill it? Let me just do a quick survey here. Is there anyone named Archippus in this congregation? <laughs> How many of you, this is the first time hearing Archippus' name? Yeah? You see, I, I have to be very careful. There was one day I stepped into a seminar a little bit late and everyone was worshiping. The hands were all raised up. And so I, I sort of went in by the back and I went into the seat um, um, and I, I just you know, fit in with everyone, put up my hands, and we were singing, having a great time in the presence of the Lord. And as we finished that, you know how worship leaders finish, the, uh, they always do this, right? Before you sit down, will you turn to the one next to you, introduce to yourself to each other, bless each other in the name of Jesus, and, uh, and then after you can sit down. So I said, okay, standard routine, can do. Turn around, hi, I'm Hanson. He says, hi, I'm our keepers. <laughs> Chinese, Singaporean, Archippus. I'm serious, true story. Later when I got to know him, I realized he had such an encounter with the Lord, he changed his name to Archippus. And so I'm not going to presume that, that there isn't an Archippus down here. But now that you have told me that there's not a person here named Archippus, then I know you're catching this something here, that when I talk about our keepers, you don't have to be named our keepers. Every person I see here is an our keepers to me. Symbolically, you're an our keepers. For the ladies, our keepets. For the children, our keeplings. 
It makes no difference to me today, right? When I sit with one person, I sit with 10, I speak to a 500, to a 1,000, everyone is an archivist to me because I've got one message to tell and I'm gonna say it to our keepers. And I've only, that Colossians 4.17 that hangs within my heart just to say this one message, one message to our keepers. Wake up, our keepers. Wake up. Make sure you know what God has given to you to do. Go and do it. Simple. That's my one line. Wherever I go, whether it's in Guam or in Philippines or in, 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 in Indonesia or back in Singapore, I only have one song to sing. One message. Because this is my assignment. And I want to be faithful to finish it. So one message as I share this with you. And I want you to hold on to this one message, not just for tonight, but also for the rest of tomorrow because we're going to unpack a lot more things and we're going to give you a perspective because I don't preach just from one verse. I'm not a one-verse theology doctrine guy. <laughs> tomorrow we'll unpack the entire back section of Colossians and you've never heard that before. I hope you will join us tomorrow morning. But for tonight, one message. Let me show you two verses. If you're taking down notes, you can write one, two, three, four, and you can fill in the blanks. One message, but two verses. Archippus is found not just in Colossians 17, uh, 4, 17, but he is also found in another verse, another book called Philemon. Now, do you know there's this book called Philemon? There's some Christians who don't know this book even exists in the Bible. Just 25 verses, if I'm not wrong, right? 20 over verses. And this is found in the second verse. Archippus, our fellow soldier. So I'm biblical. Archippus is found in only two verses. And this is going to be a precious, precious foundation that the Lord will give to us tonight. Let me show you that the importance of these two verses, the significance of that. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 17, Paul reminds Archippus of his assignment. But in Philemon 2, Paul addresses Archippus by his appointment. So the first one is about an assignment that he has something to do. But you don't just do anything you want to do if, you don't have an, when you are, if you're not first appointed to be doing that. And we see that Archippus is a fellow soldier in the Lord's army. And today we use this verse uh, significantly to remind each and every one of us. Do you know that you are also a fellow soldier in the Lord's army? And if you are a soldier, Paul actually tells Timothy somewhere back there to say that oh, if you are going to be a soldier, then don't get entangled with the things of this world. But you should be pleasing the one who enlisted you. Now we go into churches and we look at that. The question is, are we moving as soldiers? <laughs> you know, or are we just, um, just having a good social gathering? And I love the family of God. I love the brothers and I love the sisters. But perhaps today we have to remind ourselves, we are not just brothers and sisters. We are fellow soldiers of the Lord's army. You see, I believe that the kingdom of God is advancing. And when he's advancing, he's inviting each and every person to come on board. But knowing your appointment is not the same as understanding your assignment. I can be a soldier and not know what I need to do. Now, that's bad news. My son just finished his uh, national service. In Singapore, we have to finish two years of military service. I did mine like some, I won't tell you how long ago. 
But I can be appointed as an officer or you can be appointed as a non-commissioned officer. You can be appointed as a clerk or a store person or you can be in the armor or you can be in the the infantry. That's your appointment. But your appointment doesn't tell you what your assignment is until your superior comes to you and says, this is what you need to do, soldier. And so sometimes people get confused with the appointment and think that, oh, I'm a teacher, so I should teach. The question is, what do you teach? And that's very important for me. Oh, I'm a pastor, so I should pastor. Yes, I'm sure you have to pastor. But you realize every congregation is different and you've got to seek the Lord for a very specific assignment even for that congregation. So your appointment is one thing, but your assignment is another. And when these two come together, I believe there is an anointing the Lord will give to you to fulfill all that He has given to you to do. So we have one message. Can you remember what that one message is? Wake up, our keepers. Make sure you know what God has given you to do and go in, do it. It's based on two verses. Colossians chapter 4, verse 17 and Philemon 2. Are you ready for number three? I'm going to give you three words which you are already familiar with. And these three words would be awakened, aligned, and assigned. Will you say this with me? Together, let's go. Awakened, aligned, assigned. This is what we call the Archipian strategic process. I'm not saying it always has to happen in a sequence in this way, but sometimes we need um, these three words or a process to help us understand uh, the things a little bit better. When I first received the message of Archipian's awakening, I had the awakened word and then I had the assigned word. I thought, that's it, Lord. Let's just awaken them so that they can be assigned. They are being awakened to a kingdom assignment. But somewhere along the way, rather quickly, the Lord dropped this word within my heart. He says, get them aligned at first. Get them aligned at first. And today I'm beginning to see the wisdom of what the Lord is really saying. You see, someone can be awakened, but if the person is not aligned and you take this person and you say, now go and do this, this person may cause more trouble than anything else. I don't know what to do. Okay, so I just go and do it. Or you just put this person and they'll just do it and after a while they get burned out because they don't understand who they are. They are not aligned with God. They don't understand His purposes. The assignment is just something to keep this person busy. It will last for a while, but it will not last long. So the Lord said, get them aligned first so that then they, once they're aligned, they will start to understand what the assignment will be. And even as they're moving on assignment, then they will realize their misalignments and they will have to get back to aligning once more that we can then keep on assignment that we will not miss it. I will unpack this a lot more tomorrow, but for tonight, it's just the three words. For the rest of this time, I want to share with you four traits about Archippus. I'm here to introduce Archippus to you. Just to tell you that he's this obscure name doesn't mean anything else other than just that one verse that I've explained to you. And so I spent a little bit more time, I started to pray, I said, Lord, will you just show me a few more things? What does it mean for someone to be awakened, aligned, and assigned? What would a person like that look like? What would he stand for? How would he live? And so from that, I developed these four traits that the Lord sort of dropped within my heart and my mind. Four things about a person who is awakened, aligned, and assigned. 
I want to share these four things with you. I want to challenge you, if I may, early on, even in this seminar, on the very first introductory message. I want to challenge you. As I share these four traits with you, would you do a quiet personal evaluation? You know, if you are that archipus, will you say, hey, I'm awakened, I'm aligned, I'm assigned. Some of you might be saying, I'm awakened, I don't know my assignment. <laughs> but it's cool, it's all right, okay? I'm awakened, I don't even know what this alignment is all about. I am not really awakened. Yeah? So can you please slap my face one more time? Yeah. So these four things. Will you do a quick evaluation amongst, by, by, your, by yourself um, so that you will know where you stand and then your heart can then be postured to receive a lot more from the Lord. The first trait, number one. Here comes my advertising lingo, double A's. Our Keeper's Awakening is two A's. So all these four traits will have two A's for you. Our Keeper's is almost... Anonymous, almost nameless, isn't he? Someone that we don't even know. It's quite obscure in the Bible. Two little verses down there. We don't really hear of him very much. And yet he's mentioned by name. Mentioned by name. Paul will refer to someone, a certain man, or Jesus will say a certain man. But this guy is not just a certain man. He is Archippus. He's mentioned by name. This obscure little person is mentioned by name. You know, many times in the, in, in, as pastors, we love to preach from, about Moses, about Samuel, about David. All these are like spiritual giants. And as much as we are inspired by them, motivated by them, many of us would also look at this and say, but I'm not like that. I'm not so spiritual. I'm not so anointed. And we often forget that before they became like that, they were like archipus. Archippus is almost anonymous, and yet he is mentioned by name. Friends, this is the identity trait. All of us are almost anonymous. You know, sometimes you can step into the church, and if you step into a larger one, in Singapore, we've got, I don't know how many mega churches do we have. I think we have like 15 to 20 mega churches in Singapore. You can go to church and feel totally lonely. You can go to church and you can still be not known by anyone else. And we can so easily think that we are nobodies, we have no names, how can God use us? Friends, we are also like our keepers. We are almost anonymous, but God knows each and every one of us by name. Would you believe that? And if God knows each of you and He knows me by name, do you think He would have prepared something for you to do in the kingdom of God? And that would be your kingdom assignment. And there are many people who will disqualify themselves because they think, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not anointed enough. I'm not spiritual enough. And many people will also use that phrase, oh, I'm not called. I'm not called. You are called. I'm not called. And some will look at, or some will even talk about, oh, yours is a higher calling and mine is a lower calling. And I'm saying, brother, I, I read my Bible quite a few times. I've, it doesn't talk about a higher or a lower calling in the Bible. All I know is that it is an upward call in Christ Jesus. But today we have made some positions higher and some positions lower. Sure, some can be in the foreground, some in the background. But my personal belief today is that every call in Jesus Christ is a high call. We serve the one who is highest. We serve the one who is above everyone and everything. Every call is a high call. And don't let anyone cheat you of that and deceive you into thinking that yours is not as important. Speaking of a higher call, you know, people will look at us in Singapore and say, well, Hanson, you've got seven children. 
your higher call. <laughs> Almost anonymous, but mentioned by name. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says that we are not saved by works, but we are saved for good works. And these have been prepared for us beforehand that we may walk in them. Amen? You can, uh, you can interpret good works any way you want, but I believe somewhere in there is a kingdom assignment for us. And these have been prepared when? Beforehand. Before you even came in the Lord, you already have received a ministry in the Lord. The question is, are you discovering it? Are you hungry for it? Do you want to walk into this fulfillment of your destiny and of the kingdom assignment? You know, when the Lord showed this to me, He whispered something else after that. He says, son, I want you to declare this. And this line has always been very difficult for me to say. But He says, say it. And I've recorded this in the book. I've preached it in places. And I'll just say it because the Lord has said to do it. It says, the days of spiritual superstars are over. This was five years ago. The days of spiritual superstars are over. Friends, we live in an age of the internet. Facebook, websites, popularity polls. Ministries are judged by how many likes we receive. How many hits on the website do we have? I know all these things. We came from the advertising industry. It was all about numbers. And today in the kingdom of God, sadly, even in the ministry, we are clamoring after numbers. And over the last 40, 50 years, we've had great generals of God, amen? And they've come in big names and they've preached to thousands in the stadiums. I praise God for that because I believe we've been blessed and we've been helped and we've been taught in many good ways. Hallelujah. But the Lord is saying the days of spiritual superstars are over, the season is over because you need generals, but you need soldiers also. And the scary thing is that as much as we admire them, as much as we are inspired by them, for too many, these have become objects of worship. Not that they ask for it, but it's so innate and so natural for many of us who, who clamor after a certain personality. And lots are saying, look, you've got to, you have to tell them those days are over. I'm raising my army from the ground up. And often, the higher we push these people, the lower we push ourselves. And we're happy to come to a church or come to a meeting or come to a seminar just to, just to listen to one person teach and think, oh, we've been fed, we've been filled. And after we walk out and our lives don't even change at all. And no one is the wiser as to knowing and fulfilling their kingdom assignment. And the Lord is awakening our keepers. Because he wants you to know your identity is found only in Christ. And we must be happy to be nobodies because Christ will always be that somebody that will glorify. The problem is when we become somebody, and that's always the biggest issue. You know, five years ago, he shared this with me. I don't know about here. We get mailings and we get updates from America, but I won't talk about America because I don't know en enough. All I know is that a few big names have fallen. But in Singapore, the same thing has also happened. The big ones have gone up, they have also fallen, and we have our own examples of that. Somehow, the, the flesh in us can't handle that popularity because the glory must belong only to Jesus. And that's why we need our keepers who are confident in who they are in Jesus Christ. 
It's not about standing here. It's not about being behind. It's not about whether we're in a spotlight or whether we're serving somewhere out there or whether in here or out in some obscure place. We know who we are in Jesus. We're almost anonymous, but we are known by name. That's the first trait. How secure are you in Jesus Christ? Do you know you've got all power and all authority and all dominion because He's given it to us for the glory of His kingdom? The second thing about Archippus is that when he's awakened and he's being aligned and he's moving on an assignment, he will be aware but will not remain apathetic. Awareness. How aware are we with things that are happening around us? You know, in Singapore, I will keep mentioning about Singapore and I want you to try to use that as an example because I do not know enough of, of what Guam is all about. In Singapore, we've got so many good teachings. We are like a strategic hub where all the ministers will come through, um, the, the Christian ministers, they'll come. Everyone loves Singapore because we are also hungry for a good Bible study. In fact, it's so good. You have, you have this thing called the Bible Study Fellowship here, the BSF. Okay, there's a program that's in Singapore that people line up, queue up, put down their names to study the Bible. Any day of the week, you can find a Bible study. Every other week, we'll have a seminar. Every other month, there'll be conferences all over the place. And we love all these things. But the question is, if we are so aware of the information of the Bible, of biblical knowledge, what are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? How can you read this word of God? This is the word of the king. It talks about the kingdom of God. It tells us his heartbeat. He says that his heart breaks for those who are poor, those who are marginalized, those who need deliverance, those who need salvation, those who need a breakthrough, and with the widows, the orphans, and so on. How can you read this word and not have your heart beat with the heart of the kingdom? And sadly for church, many of them, their hearts are just turned inward. And it's become like a holy huddle, as you would understand, in certain places. And the Lord is saying, will you turn these hearts out? Because my heart is always turned outwards to the people to save them. Aren't you glad that God was aware of our sinful state, that God knew that we need salvation, and He did not remain apathetic? That God sent His Son to die for us whilst we were yet sinners. And if we would know our kingdom assignments, how can, you, how can you read this and not know that there's an assignment somewhere out there? There's something that needs to be done. But we study the Bible, we study the Bible, and then we argue about the Bible, and we share our theology, and I'll poke your eye and you'll poke my eye, and we'll see who's a better theologian. And then meanwhile, everyone is out on the streets, the marginalized are still not being cared for, the orphans. How can we be away and not be beating with the heart of the kingdom. And the word apathy is simply made up of two words, pathios, meaning that we feel passionately about something, you know, and you feel strongly about something. If you put an A in front, it means the opposite. Don't have, don't know, no passion, no feeling, no, nothing at all. How can we read this? How can we say we are people of God and not have a heart that will beat for the community around us? So if you're awakened, if you're aligned with the things and the things of the kingdom, you begin to discover that there's a place for you. 
You begin to see where God is working and you're saying, yeah, then you'll be saying, Lord, are you wanting me to join you down there? Is this where you're wanting me to move? And then you just by faith, if you stir within your heart, you take one step and he begins to guide you along the way. Awareness is not just about biblical knowledge, not just about sermons that we hear. Tomorrow I'll share a little bit more, but Archibald's awakening is about being aware of the signs of the times. What is happening globally? What's happening today in the body of Christ and even out there in the world system? I believe we are living in the final days. The time is really ticking. Don't ask me how much more time we have. I don't know. All I know is that we are in those final days and we are seeing things unfold at a breakneck speed. I want to pack that. I was, I'll really share a little bit more with you. Now the question is, if we are aware, how are we living in light of that? Jesus says you be careful because the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the deceitfulness of sin will render many people not ready for the coming of the Lord. And our security is not that we are church members. <laughs> when Jesus spoke and told his disciples to be ready, he never asked whether you are a member of the church. <laughs> he actually spoke differently and tomorrow we will talk about that. The third thing about Archippus, if you are awakened, aligned, and assigned, you begin to know how to discern between these two words. You will know how to discern between an assignment and an activity. Let me qualify these two words. You will know how to see what a kingdom assignment is and what a Christian activity might be. What's a Christian activity? Well, anything that Christians engage in, that will be an activity, right? So if we come together, that could be, this could be an activity. Is it bad? No. If we all have a seminar, or we have a nice fellowship, we have a dinner together, we have a, a cell group uh, coming together, we go bowling or we go surfing. I mean, that's a nice Christian activity. We can all visit the old folks' home or we can do that. That's a nice Christian activity. But just because someone is engaged in an activity does not necessarily mean the person is fulfilling a kingdom assignment. And I say again, I'm not knocking activities because I grew through activities and I know you will grow through activities. But the question is, the activities are there to guide us, to reveal certain things to us, to point us in a certain way, to push us closer to God. They will seek the Lord to say, is this Lord? Is that it, Lord? Is this the one, Lord? Oh, this is not there. This is what it is. And the Lord begins to move in your heart and you begin to move towards a kingdom assignment. Singaporeans are also affectionately termed as Russians because we rush all over the place. <laughs> we are so busy. I mean, when, when, we, when we landed here, it's like, oh, I love Guam. So nice, the pace. And then we were, I mean, we were tired after our, our flight and all, but we, we found ourselves even still like, okay, what time is it? What time is it? You know, we, we kept looking at the watch. Are we late? You know, we've got... And in Singapore, we are so busy. I don't know if you struggle with this down here, but life has become busier, busier, and busier. And the scary thing is church sometimes can also be very busy. You can do all the churchy things, and I say that carefully. I don't mean anything bad by it. But you can do all the churchy things, thinking that we're okay. And the Lord made this very clear to me one day. Son, busyness does not necessarily mean fruitfulness. God is not asked after busyness. 
God is after faithfulness. And faithfulness will render fruitfulness. I've got so many people that we minister to, they get hurt in the church, they get burned out in church. Why? They, they did everything out of good intention. I can tell you they love Jesus and they want to serve. But without understanding a kingdom assignment, they're just doing it. They're just doing it. They're just doing it. On the other side, there are people who have no clue and all they think is that, oh, as long as a good Christian has to serve. Amen? Yeah, we'll say amen. And so they serve means, can you tell me what to do? And I'll just tick off a box and I've done this. I've, I've gone for my, my, my mission trip. I've, attend myself, I've attended my cell group. I'm good. I don't think Jesus would look at the attendance roster. Amen? I don't think that's what the kingdom of God is all about. I tease pastors when I'm back at home because I know them so much uh, more closely. We're Singaporeans, and so we, we like to jab at each other. I say, how do you define a good Christian? They come to church every Sunday. They attend a cell group. And they pay tithe. Oh, important one, they pay tithe. <laughs> and they serve every now and then. They go on this odd mission trip. If they do these four things, they are good church members. And they laugh. They say, yeah, yeah, you're right. But we also agree, do you know that these four things is what we call Christianity 101? Amen? It's Christianity 101. It's basic. I mean, it's expected of everyone. We don't know, but we are begging people, will you serve? Will you help? Will you give? It's 101. All of us should have already fulfilled all these things. If not, perhaps an awakening is needed first. But it's not just to get busy is to be faithful in what the Lord tells us to do so that we can do it. Are you awakened? Are you aligned? And are you assigned to be doing what He wants you to do? The fourth thing, if you're living out the first uh, three traits, if you're secure in Christ and you're purposeful in the things of His kingdom, if you're aware and your heart begins to beat for the heart of God. Small thing, big thing, makes no difference. It's okay, you just move. If you understand your assignment, you know what to say yes to, and you are more able to say no to those that may distract you from what is important. Your life will be anything but aimless. How many of you would love that? Would you agree with me this statement, that on planet Earth, Christians should be the most aimful people here? We have a purpose. We sing it. We declare it. My question is, do we live it? And it's so sad as we minister to Christians who have been in the church for so many years. They are aimless. They have no purpose. They don't know what to do. And sometimes out of good intentions as leaders, because the person doesn't know what to do, we, we create things for them to do. And then they think, oh, if I do that, then I'm a good Christian. But that doesn't necessarily hold true. If you know your assignment, every day when you wake up, you live for a purpose. You know why you got out of bed. When you have an assignment and you're very clear, that's what the Lord wants you to do. Even if you don't want to get out of bed, you will get out of bed. And I can tell you in the work of the ministry, there have been many mornings, I don't want to get out of bed. This morning was one example. You're tired. You're flat out. No one said that the work of the ministry would be easy. But because you know this is what you need to be doing, you are up and you are doing it for the glory of Jesus. 
And how many times also have we come across this situation? I don't know. It, it, we come across so many in the church when, when difficult people, you encounter difficult people. When difficult situations come, they give up. They stop. They don't want to serve anymore. And because we have like 700 churches in Singapore, it's so easy for them to just tell you, Pastor, I think it's time. The Lord is calling me to another church. <laughs> I'm sure you don't have that problem down here. Why do they give up so easily? Why do they stop so easily? Can I submit to you? Perhaps it was an activity they are engaged in, but not an assignment they are accountable for. Is that a good for you? Right? Because if it's an activity that I'm engaged in, you should be happy I'm engaged in. You must say thank you to me. Otherwise, if I don't serve, you don't have someone down there. Ne, 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 ne. But if it's an assignment from the Lord, you don't have to tell me. I will do it. When a difficult person comes, I will love him. When a difficult position is there, I will pray. I say, Lord, will you give me grace? Because if you've asked me to do this, then I have to finish it. But I can't do it by my own strength. They will pray more. They will fast more. They will go to God more. They will do all that's needed to bring unity in the church together. You won't be fighting and, and poking each other's eyes out. Because that's not your assignment. You see how important it is to understand an assignment. How many cell leaders do we have? Did you call them cell groups here? Life groups. How many life group leaders do we have here? Oh man, yes. Praise the Lord for all of you. I love to, I lo I love to tease life group leaders. I hope it's okay with you tonight. All right? I would ask them, how many of you are you're doing this because this is your assignment? And some of them are like, oh dear, you know, they, they quickly put their hand down and hope that the pastor didn't see it. <laughs> I said, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. What if you, what if just for, 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 for the next few months, you're seeking, I know, but you said, Lord, hey, I just learned something. This is going to be, I'm going to approach this as my assignment. Just, just try that. What would change? What would change? It's not just gathering the people and reporting how many people came this week or uh, what, what food you had. It's not just about finishing a, a book so that, yeah, we've got something to do. Otherwise, I don't know what to do with them. And that's what happens in Singapore. I don't know how it is down here. But if it's your assignment, you are preparing people to meet Jesus. You're preparing people to give account to the Lord. You're saying, look, I know my assignment. I'm sorry if I'm a little bit harsh on you, but I love you because I want you to be where God wants you to be. And I'll walk with you and I'll help you because that's part of my assignment. Amen? Your life will change. The people under you will change because you lead differently and they begin to see someone on kingdom's assignment and they go, oh, that's what it looks like. So if your life is anything but aimless, and you know your assignment, you move with a different focus and you move with a different passion. But at the same time, it's not just about waking up, knowing what to do and feeling good about that because I'm, I'm not about just this life. You know, we are here and we are gone very soon. We are about eternity, amen? Anything but aimless means your eyes have to be fixed on when you see Jesus. And when we stand there, what do we give account for? A kingdom assignment is 
critical for me because it's one received from the king, no less. It's not just my, my life group leader asked me to help, okay, my ministry leaders help, I, and all good, all good. My pastor asked me to do a favor, oh, I'll do that, that's great. It's more than that. It's the king that we are give account to, finally. And this is what our Keeper's Awakening is all about. To awaken the saints to know that it's no longer business or church as usual. That these four traits are important for us. And as I've gone through all these four things with you, maybe if you can just review it once more, if you look at this up on the screen. Almost anonymous, but mentioned by name. Secondly, aware, but not apathetic. Thirdly, able to discern what an assignment is versus an activity, and that your life is anything but aimless. See, our Keeper's Awakening is about helping someone discover that importance and the significance of a personal assignment. But it's not just about you per se, because the kingdom of God is not just about one person. Can you imagine if all of us are keepers and all of us are moving on a kingdom assignment. And you will see that our personal assignments will begin to contribute to a corporate assignment that will cater to and fulfill a national destiny. It's got to start with this person. You see, many times I can feel the heartbeat of leaders going, come on, guys, this is what it is. Come on, come on, come on. But you cannot fulfill something of a corporate nature, of a national destiny, if the archipuses remain asleep. The archipuses will say, that's my assignment. That's my assignment. I'm seeking God for my assignment. And as you begin to do that, the church has a corporate assignment that has to be fulfilled. Some of them, some of your personal assignments will line up with what the church is going to be doing in your own local communities. Some of you may have personal assignments may, that may be outside your species of the church. And, and, and the pastors will be willing to help you and even empower you, bless you, and resource you so that you can be a king blessing wherever God sends you to be. And if you begin to do that, can you imagine if every church, every church begins to do that, then Guam begins to come alive and awaken in a different way to a new level. And I don't know why we are here in Guam, but I, I was telling the team, I said, do you realize Singapore, little, Guam, little, very Akipian. We are like the nobodies, you understand? No? We're the small little ones, and yet God loves to do big things through small little ones. Because at the end, we know it can't be us. It's all the glory of God. And so I want to leave you with this this evening as an introduction. I hope that you are more familiar now with this character called Archippus. And that you don't just look at this as a Bible character, but really symbolically, prophetically, would, are you beginning to sense that, hey, I, I'm that archipus. I'm that one that, that's, that's a nobody. I, I feel I'm not confident in myself and so on. I, I'm, I, I put myself down. I've disqualified myself when Christ has already raised me up and He's already prepared something for me. I pray that this evening you will be clear with what that one message is. Wake up, my dear archipus. Please make sure you know what God has given you to do and will you just go be faithful to fulfill it? Two verses. Please memorize. This is your homework. Tomorrow when we come, it will be Bible memory time. Colossians chapter 4, verse 17. And 
filament two. Three words. You got to know these three words. Awaken, aligned, assigned. I call this our Archipian battle cry. First, we declare it to ourselves to be awakened, aligned, assigned. And next, if we have an opportunity tomorrow, let's declare it prophetically into Guam. Four traits. And I'll leave you with that. I won't repeat it. Time has already run out. But I'll show you the next slide where the first, all that I'm sharing here with you is contained in the first book. And tomorrow, I'll talk a little bit more about the second book. Hate to sell books up on the stage down here, so I'm going to go to the next slide now. But uh, if, you, if you want, the books are down there, and the sisters will be there to help you. But right now, as we bring this introductory session to a close, may I have the opportunity to pray with you and also to pray for you. May I invite you, perhaps you'd like to just take your feet and just stand as I pray for you as we close this evening. And after that, I will hand the time back to Pastor Mark and his team. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. And all of us, I've, asked, I've invited you to stand across this room. I want to ask you, perhaps, tonight you have identified with this character called Archippus. Perhaps tonight, as I've been sharing with you, the Holy Spirit has been stirring something with you to say, my son, my daughter, will you be a part of this awakening? And this awakening is not just a seminar for something to, to receive, although that's nice, but it's really towards a kingdom assignment or assignments that the Lord might have already prepared for you. Some of you know what your assignments are. You're already moving in it. Some of you have no clue, but that's okay. Tonight, I'm just asking you for a very initial response. How many of you say, I'm our keepers? And you can raise your hand from wherever you are. I'm our keepers. I want to be the keepers, Lord. I want to be awakened. I want to be aligned. And I want to be assigned, Lord. It doesn't have to be the big thing. Some of you will get a bigger assignment. Some will have a smaller assignment. It makes no difference. We serve a great big king. And so, Lord, I want to thank you. I want to pray for those. The hands are all lifted up towards you, Lord. And I know, Lord, on the outward, it's an indication of the heart that is inward, that's reaching out to you. Say, Lord, I am that our keepers, Lord. I'm a nobody and I'm happy to be a nobody because, Lord, we are already victorious in Christ. We are new creations in Jesus Christ. We've been awakened in the Spirit. We've been made alive in the Spirit, oh Lord. Lord, it's for a greater purpose than just a church attendance. Lord, there's something out there you want us to do. And so I thank you, Lord, hearts that you've made ready. Lord, will you continue to speak to every person, Lord? Speak to every person tonight and across tomorrow also. That, Lord, truly, that they will be awakened, you'll be aligned, and they will be assigned. And I pray, Lord, if there's someone that you have dropped into our hearts and our keepers that perhaps needs to hear this message, then help me to invite this person to come tomorrow, to fill this place so that we can awaken even more our keepers in Guam to move on kingdom purposes for the glory of Jesus. And so we thank you. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.